You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 22nd of December. I'm John Herfnan from our Customer Treasury Unit and I am joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan to discuss the latest news on the EU-UK negotiations and to discuss other recent developments in the financial markets. Morning, Ollie. Let's start with Brexit, a week in which we've seen euro sterling start at 92p. The market seems to be more anticipating a drawn-out agreement, I'd say, more so than no deal. And if you couple into that, Ollie, I suppose, what's going on with COVID and the sudden upsurge there, and particularly in the London and the UK, where do things stand? Well, a bit of a mess, to be quite honest. It's not a great week as we lead into Christmas. The deadlines were set that we needed to have a trade deal concluded by Sunday if sufficient time was there, or to give a deal sufficient time to be ratified by the European Parliament in particular. There was also talk that the UK Parliament could be recalled this week to push through a deal. But the negotiations are proving very sticky, particularly around the fisheries issue, and progress is very slow. So we still haven't concluded an EU trade deal. Now, fisheries are more symbolic than a major issue in terms of overall economic value. We're talking about EU fishing rights in UK waters, which are worth around £650 million annually. The EU have offered to give up 25% of those rights. The UK has says it wants to take back 60%. So we're basically talking about the differences, about 35% a third. Roughly about £225 million is what we're rowing about here. Now, I know if you're fishermen and people involved in the fisheries industry, it's, it's very important. But the overall scheme of things, it's not economically significant. But fisheries are a highly symbolic issue, particularly for the UK. I suppose it's the one manifestation of Brexit is regaining control over your territorial waters. The irony here is that both UK fishermen and the coastal communities that fish in UK fishing grounds require a deal because if there's no deal, well, then there's no access for European fishermen to UK fishing grounds. And on the other hand, UK produces surplus stocks that they sell into European markets, they would attract tariffs. So that would be extremely bad news for the UK fishing industry. So it's lose-lose all the way around here for the fishing industry, both in the EU and in the UK, if there's no trade deal. But as I say, I do appreciate it politically. It's a very, very sensitive issue. It's very difficult to overcome. Other issues around level playing field, a lot of progress has been made. So we're not that far off a trade deal. Unfortunately, particularly for the UK, you know, the current COVID situation is taking far more political attention and a far more important issue. A new strain discovered in the UK, which is highly infectious, leading to a rapid rise in numbers there of new cases. And we're seeing that the UK government has imposed very strict restrictions in terms of travel within the UK, effectively a lockdown, closing businesses right in the middle of the Christmas shopping period, the run up to Christmas. And knock-on effects in terms of overseas travel as well. Basically, a lot of countries have imposed bans in terms of travel both to and from the UK. The French have shut the ports. So this is a very, very serious situation. So to some extent, politicians are coping on two fronts, and, and the COVID issue is probably at the present time the most important. So maybe that politicians are not fully focused on concluding a trade deal. But if we don't have a trade deal by the 31st of December, well, then we're facing a no-deal scenario and tariffs on trade, etc. I do think we'll get a trade deal eventually. They've come a long way in the discussions, but it is taking time. And I suppose the ebb and flow of sentiment around the trade talks is certainly the main driver of sterling. So I had got down to, or the euro had got down below 90p a week or so ago. But as 
deadline after deadline is missed and concerns grow about the delays in getting a trade deal through. Sterling has come under pressure. Now, it's also partly due to the news on COVID, and particularly the very worrying new strain that's there in the UK and the implications that has for its economy. It's going to be a very severe lockdown. Talking about that, it may last for months until a vaccine is widely available. So that's not great news for the UK economy in particular. So the combination of both factors is putting downward pressure on sterling. So we still are in the midst of great uncertainty. We have major negative implications for the UK economy in terms of the new restrictions. And other European economies are going the same way. I mean, we've seen rising numbers of new cases here. The government talking about bringing in new restrictions next week. The same in mainland Europe. So we've had a very tough end to the year as a result of COVID. And it looks like a very difficult start 2021. Now, further down the line, there is the hope that's been offered by the rollout of vaccines, but that will take some time. So that's the backdrop for currency markets. And indeed, stock markets have started the week on a downbeat note, even though we've seen a we've seen a fiscal package agreed in the US which would normally be supportive of markets. There's a lot of worry out there. And in this sort of scenario, concluding a trade deal is proving very, very difficult. And I don't have the answers. I mean, if we do get a trade deal before Christmas or before the new year, can it be ratified in time? Are we going to face a short period where trade will be disrupted? And we've seen what happened over the weekend in the UK in terms of the ports being shut, long delays, etc. So it's a worrying time. But Ali, on a kind of measured note, I think you touched on it a few times in there, the market appears to be holding relatively... Seems to be holding the opinion that a deal has been worked towards and the COVID has impacted yeah. sterling. So, with that kind of in mind, and just particularly for our sterling based customers, do you feel that we're going to see the currency pair stay within that kind of range, even if at the upper, upper end of it? Or do you think there's a possibility of a breakout if there is a no deal by the year end, but there's still talks ongoing? I think once there's hope of a trade deal at some stage in the next couple of months, it should help underpin sterling. You are right. The euro has been trading between 89 and 92p. There's strong support for sterling at 92, 92.5, 93p. It's got to those levels before and recovered. I think as long as there's a prospect of a trade deal, even if the talks extend into early next year, Sterling will remain largely range bound. I think you know. I mentioned the fishermen there. It's in everybody's interest on, on the fisheries front that we get a deal, and the same is for the broader economy. There'll be negative effects on the Irish economy, the UK economy, and the European economy if there's no trade deal. So markets think you know. At the end of the day, politicians it may be difficult to get there. Politicians will do the rational thing, and a, a trade deal will be agreed. In terms of markets generally, you are right. 12 months ago, we were looking at markets and saying an absolutely stellar performance in 2019, very big gains by stock markets, bond markets, commodity markets. Virtually every asset class in 2019 had a very strong performance. So coming into 2020, we felt well, it was going to be hard to add further gains here. And then you add in what we've had the biggest global pandemic in a century, the deepest global recession since the 1930s Great Depression and yet look at markets, stock markets globally are up by about 10 to 12%. Now there's varying performances, the Japanese emerging markets, China in particular, the US stock markets have been very strong. European markets have suffered a bit because the impact of COVID has been far more severe on European economies than elsewhere. The FTSE is well down this year, but that's the exception. You look at bond markets, yields have fallen f- further. You look at credit markets, the spreads have tightened. You look at outside of oil and energy, commodity prices have risen again this year. 
property prices have held up. So generally speaking, it's been a very another very good year in financial markets, despite you know having come off a very strong year last year and then a very challenging backdrop in terms of the pandemic, the global recession, etc. But I think the reason you refer to there between the trade talks, markets do expect a trade deal will be eventually agreed. Markets have taken the view as well in terms of for quite some time that we will overcome this pandemic, that we will get a vaccine, and that's been validated by the developments in the last month or so. And they're taking the long view here. And policy is very, very accommodative and supportive of growth. So broadly speaking in markets, they are taking the view that this has been a very difficult period. But if you take it on a two to three year view, we will we'll see a strong rebound in global economic activity as the vaccines are rolled out. And it's the same regard to the trade talks that have been difficult. But I think the general expectation is that we will get a trade deal. Our view has been that the upside for sterling is, is limited if we do get a trade deal. So the euro could fall back to maybe 87, 88p. If we don't get a trade deal, which you referenced there, well, then there could be a further sharp fall in sterling and we could be heading towards parity against the euro. So you'd have to say the euro sterling exchange rate has been remarkably range-bound. Okay, it's been volatile, but it's been volatile within a, quite a narrow range over the last three or four months. You know, 89p to 92 has generally held all the action. And okay, it may be volatile on a week to week basis, but generally speaking, that's quite in our trading range and it's held. And I think that trading range will continue to hold as long as the negotiations are continuing and there's the hope of a trade deal there. And we hope they get to an agreement, Ollie, because obviously, UK is our, one of our most important trading partners, if not our most important trading partner. And another one of our important trading partners in, in the States finally got a stimulus package agreed. But the dollar still stays under a bit of pressure. Can you expand on what's going on with the dollar at the moment? Yeah, well, believe it or not, a fiscal stimulus package in the US was probably negative for the dollar. What's driven the dollar higher in recent years has been two things. One is that high level of US interest rates relative to elsewhere. And we've had, I suppose, risk to global growth and a risk off sentiment in markets. Now, the dollar has lost ground over the last six months. And we can see the euro has climbed from below 110 to above 120, got to 122, 123 last week. It's come back a bit because of the uncertainty in markets around the new strains of the COVID-19. So the dollar has regained a bit of ground at the start of this week. But the bigger picture is with global growth expected to rebound next year, the dollar will lose some of the safe haven status. And safe haven status, a big liquid currency like that, has benefited from a lot of the uncertainty we've seen over the last couple of years. And the second thing is the elevated interest rates in the US, that's no longer the case. They've effectively lowered their rates to zero. They've told the markets they're going to keep them there. So that support that's been there for the dollar in recent years of much higher interest rates relative to elsewhere, that's gone. So what we're seeing is the dollar come off exceptionally high levels. Now still, you know, at fairly elevated levels against most currencies. But it has lost ground and we've seen the euro rise above 120. Now, it's only got above 120 once in the last six years and that wasn't sustained. But I think if we do get a global recovery next year, if we overcome the COVID-19 pandemic and interest rates stay low, as central banks are promising, well, in those sort of circumstances, you would expect most currencies to start outperforming the dollar. I say it is at elevated levels despite the ground's loss this year. But we would expect further gains by currencies like the euro and sterling, etc., against the dollar over the course of 2021. Now, 125 would be a big level for the euro to rise above that. It has been above that level in the past six years. But I say without that prop of high U.S. interest rates, and if markets 
the need for safe haven currency, if that changes, well then the liquid dollar will not be as attractive to investors as, as has been the case in recent years. And Ali, is there anything between now and year end beyond, obviously, the news flow around the Brexit negotiations and a customer should be looking out for? Is there any big numbers this week in terms of data or is it all eyes on um, those negotiations? Uh, well, two things. I think it's not so much the data. We know that the economic data are being impacted by the renewed restrictions, so they're not going to be great. So I think what people will be focusing on is certainly the trade talks, whether we can get a deal in place by the end of the year, where they can get ratified in time. And secondly, there's a lot of focus now on the emerging new strain of COVID-19 in the UK, the rapid rise in numbers here, the rapid rise in numbers in Europe, the very high numbers in the US. So I think businesses are going to be concerned that fresh restrictions will be reimposed here in Ireland and elsewhere, so I say, and that they might last for some time. So I think it's it's going to be a difficult opening quarter to 2021, both here and elsewhere, as a result of high levels of new cases of COVID-19. So I think what we'll see here, hopefully, in the next week or so, is the vaccine started to be rolled out. I think the plan is to obviously start in, in the UK, the US, Canada, and I think the plan is here to start it at the same time across all EU countries. So that would be good news. I think people would be focusing on that as it, it would be very grim if we didn't have the vaccine, given the level to which uh, the return of the virus is such high levels in, in recent weeks, both here and elsewhere. So I think as well as trade talks, there will be a clear focus on COVID-19 and the response of governments to rising new numbers of cases. And then on the other hand, the positive news, the rollout of the vaccine, possibly between now and the end of the year in Ireland and other EU countries. Okay, Ollie, many thanks for your update today and throughout the year. And a big thank you to all our customers and a very Merry Christmas and hopefully a peaceful time over the Christmas to all our customers for their continued support and custom that they give to us here in Treasury. And to all our other listeners, we wish them a Merry Christmas as well. Please stay up to date with our latest market developments by subscribing to AB's Market Talk and podcast apps for iOS or Android. And for any customer impacted by the pandemic, you can find all the details of AOB's support packages at aob.ie forward slash COVID-19. Thank you and Merry Christmas all. Take care. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.